goodest of good days to one and all of our podcast pals and uh, hail and hearty welcome to both our happy place and to discontent provider the podcast that oh for the love of suffering fuckery I simply can't maintain this vapid charade for a solitary picosecond more cats and kittens no no it's gone on far too long the bright primary colours of the clown's makeup are running and blurring into a particularly loathsome greyish brown sludge and the mask as all masks must at some point, shall perforce fracture and disintegrate, revealing a face that has long since banished all traces of smiles and whose solitary, barely functioning eye is as dimmed and lifeless as the hopes for an open-minded reception of Nakuti Gatwa among Daily Mail readers. Let me, let me be frank with you. I realise that this may come as something of a jar to you, sweet summer children that you are. You will have long felt that my work, if such a grandiose term can be applied to hyperventilating into a tin box and calling people fuck stumps, is marked by a blithe joie de vivre and a giddy, one might almost say foolish and naive optimism. But I'm... Yeah, I'm not saying it isn't like that, mind. A chap does his level best to remain reasonably sanguine, even in the face of the most extreme provocation from those unsavoury elements of humanity that every day perpetuate fresh outrages against the simple decency for which I feel we all strive. You know the sort of thing I mean. Selfishness, corruption, getting in front of one of the queue in Poundland. Yes, even in such dire straits, even while listening to dire straits come to that, One exerts every sinew in elevating the old pecker and in keeping alive the faint flickering flame of hope for a better tomorrow. There are times, however, when the effort becomes too much and the spirits sink to such a point that even the sinking of spirits helps only slightly. That's right, I, your dear old chum, the Silver Fox, am feeling a whit under the weather this week. And unless I'm much mistaken, something of that malaise has transferred itself to my canine counterpart. There's a fixed and unnatural quality to the grave and thoughtful smile of Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher, as he explores mysterious scents among the bushes of our shared happy place today. Yeah, in fact, even the happy place is looking a bit on the dismal side right now, despite the visible evidence of burgeoning springtime that argues so convincingly for the case of climate change and the inevitable end of the world. Well, yeah, so, you know, at least there's that to look forward to. Ah, is it the wars that bedevil our gruesome old globe that have brought us to this sorry state? Has the cost-of-living crisis reached a point where the shared misery of the world's population penetrates even this hitherto untainted spot? Well, obviously none of that stuff helps, but no... No, so long as we, so long have we lived with these awful things that they've almost, if not entirely, become part of the furniture, mere background noise in the song of sorrow that is life in these not notably united kingdoms. Rather like that persistent three-month headache that simply can't be a brain tumour because one can't afford the expense of regular travel to and from a specialist clinic. I'll tell you, shall I? A purely rhetorical question, obviously. Were I not to tell you this ep? would not only be frightfully short, but the song at the end will exist without context, and I'm not a good enough songwriter to make that work. 
Quite simply, it's this. I have this week been forced to agree with people I wouldn't normally suggest could reliably tell me whether or not they were stabbing me in the throat. I haven't wanted to do it, mark you. In fact, I have done so very reluctantly, and in the face of overwhelming opposition from sense, instinct, and every screaming fibre of my inner being. Well, I might have one. You can't prove I don't, anyway. Consequently, you hear me as I am now, a shadowy husk of my usual self, who is seriously considering having the world's the words fuck the world tattooed upon my forehead and then spending the remainder of my years attempting to bite the fuckers off it's not easy living like this but what would you for pretty much most of my adult life I have spoken to anyone who would listen and a fair few who wouldn't uh, saying that doctrine, dogma and spiritual commitment to an ideal are all well and good but if there is to be genuine progress a barely discernible pathway threading its way never so faintly through the swamp of unconstructive partisan politics, all of us, regardless of our various beliefs and views, must, at some point at least, seek out common ground and make the most of it. Bitter as gall and wormwood though it may be, that pill must be swallowed, or, as it feels on this occasion, be taken in the form of a jagged and altogether far too large suppository. Fair enough as far as it goes, but how was I to know that it would ever actually happen? But there's the rub, it bloody well has happened, and as a lad of integrity, I've got to pull down my spiritual strides, grasp the aforementioned rough-hewn tablet firmly twixt thumb, trembling finger and thumb, and, well, you know how the rest goes, I'm sure. It's all this dashed furore over the Roald Dahl business, ain't it? Maybe you'd already guessed. Maybe you've been struggling with it yourself, dear listener. If so, pull up a regret and get maudling along of me, won't you? Misery loves company, after all. When the story first broke, uh, in the Telegraph, I fancy it was, I didn't pay all that much attention. Aside from the fact that I was never hugely enamoured of Dell's books, ever since the magic finger turned out to be significantly less erotic than its title implied, I thought, in my innocence, that it was just another example of the cats and kittens of the press seizing upon some speculative remark made by some literary maven and spinning it into a apoplexy-inducing course celebre du jour. It seemed a fairly safe bet, obviously. Somebody at a local council suggests that the word parent should be used to be more inclusive of all children, regardless of their family circumstances. And the next thing you know, headlines are bellowing about WOKE LEFTIES BAN THE WORD MOTHER! As it rumbled on, however, I felt compelled to look into it, and it turns out that it is actually happening. Penguin Books, a subsidiary of... Uh, Puffin Books, sorry, a subsidiary of Penguin, Random House Publishing, have been working with a group called Inclusive Minds that provides publishers and authors with sensitivity readers in order to provide feedback from those whose lived experience may be of relevance to the subject matter of works about to be published. Of course, the Tory graph rather snidely described this move as, a, quote, a bid for relevancy. Uh, sorry, a bid for relevancy. Always have trouble with that. Uh, the last word... Relevancy. I'll say it again just to prove I can. Uh, the last word there uh, nestled between inverted commas. A subtle dog whistle, of course, but a dog whistle for all that. 
The most notable changes, uh, certainly those that received the most coverage, uh, were Augustus Gloop out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory being called enormous rather than fat. Mrs. Twit out of The Twits would no longer be described as ugly and a note would be added to the witches explaining that while the titular coven were all bald, there are many other entirely legitimate reasons why uh, a lady might wear a wig. Presumably so no tiny tot would be freaked out by the notion that anti-cancer might be about to change them into a mouse. Now, on the whole, I'd like to stress that I am for this business of sensitivity readers. It follows that a book, for anyone of any age, uh, if it's to deal with a particular topic, actual lived experience should be included in its composition. Regardless of politics, it's simply a matter of fact-checking, which is, or ought to be, the job of any conscientious editorial team. Just as a book might well be met with derision and scorn if it contained a passage reading The cobbles of the ancient market square in Carcassonne rang with the traditional Dutch cries of the vendors and the scorching heat of the Australian sun hung over everything like a burning shroud. Uh, Because, you know, Carcassonne is in France... Uh, Nobody would similarly uh, receive a book for young adults very warmly if its narrator were to, or narrator hero rather, were to say something like, Like all kids with Asperger's syndrome, I compulsively throw my shit at strangers' windows and try to claw the eyes out of anybody wearing orange. There's nothing weird, alternative, or heaven forfend, PC, about any of that. It's about accuracy and relatability both being ideals for which all authors ought to be aiming. Indeed, another projected uh, change to Chocolate Factory was describing the Oompa Loompas as little people rather than little men. Uh, a change that actually makes a good deal of sense uh, since uh, the, you know, the survival chances for uh, non-gendered species surviving past its first uh, generation are pretty damn remote, wouldn't you say? Now... Despite the efforts of the usual unreconstructed rectal excrescences to paint the process as something sinister and Orwellian, it is a sound as well as wholly commendable approach to literature, in my view. Not that that matters. The British pretty much seem to lose their shit over the whole affair, with even Number 10 and Queen's Consort Camilla, the hub of our collective moral compass lest we forget, uh, coming out against any tampering with Dahl's classic prose. And I, God help me, couldn't help but concede that they might be right in this instance. In my defence, I didn't actually say, or even think, that it was PC gone mad, but I did, and do feel, that given that not only was Dahl of a certain era, but that the books were so purely fantastical in nature, considerations of lived experience were only of tangential relevance to them. It's also worth noting that However we express things, some people are objectively fat. And while the definition of ugly is far more subjective and personal, uh, everybody recognises ugliness in some form or another when they see it. Of course, as I speak, the matter would seem to have been put to bed by the Puffin people, uh, saying that the books would be reissued in both the original and the altered form, thus giving uh, consumers or customers or readers some people might like to call them that, the choice of which brand of marvellous medicine they forced down the uh, throats of kids who would rather be playing Fortnite anyway. A nice compromise, some might say. One that might well bring about a slight muting of hostilities between progressives and conservatives for the next couple of years. 
or at least until JK Rowling next picks up her phone. Yeah, testing ti uh, times for a thinking sort of cove, you will agree, I'm sure. But that wasn't the end of it. Oh, that it had been. Hey, eh, what? As though all that weren't enough, I also found myself in some measure of agreement with Therese Coffey, the uh, Secretary of State for the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, a position for which she is arguably far more suited than she was for her prior post as Health Minister, and you can make of that what you will. Speaking of complaints regarding shortages of tomatoes and other unseasonable produce, Miss Covey suggested, as I dare say you will have heard, that people should shut the fuck up and tuck into turnips. I paraphrase, but uh, those were the broad strokes. I'll confess that I might well be motivated by a spot of personal bias here, as I have an aversion to tomatoes that borders upon the phobic. Long story, some other time perhaps. Uh, but once again, I found myself on the same page of someone I find pretty abhorrent, philosophically speaking. People perhaps are a bit spoiled, expecting everything to be available all year round, and there is absolutely something to be said for making do with seasonal fruits and veg. Even though, of course, it doesn't sit particularly well to hear somebody in an exceptionally privileged position telling those worse off that they ought to be satisfied with less. I'm damn well certain that the minister will be able to tuck into just as much salad as she is accustomed to tucking into during these trying times. A point can certainly be made that the public's obsession with year-round consumption, with the endless array of meaningless choices that, in the usual run of things, are spread out on shelves throughout the land, does have an adverse effect on our planet, on our pocket, and our, dare I say it, moral fibre. The fact that having almost no real choice when it comes to political parties is something we've been accustomed to grudgingly upset, except, but that if we can't buy raspberries in February, people go fucking berserk, is not, I feel, a sign of a well-adjusted functional society. This, this view was, in fact, exacerbated earlier today when I heard this doozy of an email being read out on a popular call-in show. Quote, I'm sick of being told by people, and now ministers, that I gotta eat seasonably without any further guidance about how to do so. I've always grown vegetables at home, but I don't know what grows in Britain on an industrial basis. God preserve us. I've... Yeah, I've always fought against the claims made by those on the right that too much governmental assistance or oversight can infantilise people and bring about undue dependency, because... Well, I don't believe it, and even if it were true, I still think that's marginally better than people dying in the streets. Having said that, this punter practically had me frothing at the mouth. How does somebody use a device to connect to, if you will, and for want of a better term, a sort of worldwide web of information without it occurring to them that said web of information might well be able to provide them with at least some enlightenment on this thorny issue? Ah, oh, maybe I'm getting old. But hist, podcast pals. What's this I hear? Why, it is the cries and the wailing of unempathic small-c conservatives and big-c cunts getting into the rightest of right states about Lego, bringing out a range of little Lego people with disabilities. Yes! Gamony Roth is burning bright and bilious on both sides of the Atlantic about harmless inclusivity in a range of toys they're far too old to play with themselves. 
and I feel not the faintest tremor of concordance with any one of them. Yeah, through it all, I'm still here. I'm still on the side of the angels, and still, as I'm sure all of you are, a better person because of it. Dal and tomatoes, go fuck yourself. A never-to-be-repeated double fluke of that I have no doubt. Broken clocks twice a day and all that, I suppose. Right. Having processed all that, shall we shrug off this fun carcum? Quite so, son. Let's say our farewells and be on our way. On our merry way. Well, maybe not merry just yet, but uh, one that's a bit less lost in the slough of despond than it was earlier. Thanks for joining us once more, cats and kittens. Don't forget to subscribe, to like, and to share these barely coherent brain farts to others. Feel free to leave us glowing reviews, and if you have any suggestions or thoughts or input, you can reach us at discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk. An email address I have pronounced with perhaps undue care on this occasion, but uh, one correspondent this week rather let me know that I may have mumbled it a little bit in previous episodes. I wouldn't mind, but she's got a northern accent for fuck's sake. That aside, note that all views and opinions are mine alone and should be used for entertainment purposes only, and all quotes and facts are pulled from reputable media sources. As always, I was the Silver Fox, Arkham was the Black and White Dog, and we'll chat again soon. Stick around for the song, why don't you? say that I've had better weeks. Each day brings surprises, some are nice but most are crap. Some days you catch the green light, some days you catch the clap. There's no sure way of knowing what each day has in store. You just have to try to take it until you can't take any more. The best that you can hope for is for things to be alright. But how can you cope when sometimes some cunt right? You realise you're blindsided by a fast-moving car Spread eagled on tarmac thinking things have gone too far You never see it coming, that's what gives you such a shock As you nod involuntarily at the words of some cock you're frozen with fear like a deer in headlights As you realise you've just thought that a cunt is quite right It's a learning experience, that's what it is Stiffened with terror, you're burning with shame At the thought that in some ways you might be the same Don't fight it, face up to it, though it may chill your heart Common ground leads to dialogue, at least it's a start Don't hide behind dogma or high-minded shite The biggest step you can take is to admit some cunt's right Cheerio.